0: When Amaya was a little baby, and she was sitting in the back, and I walked to the back. I was just about to go up there, and she pointed at me like this. Then she said, Get out. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I'm thinking, Oh, look at this little girl here. <laughs> She wouldn't come to me at one time, but now she comes running up to me all the time, all the time. (laughs) So there was another occasion when Amaya was not listening to her mother. And I said, oh, boy, that's Lene's daughter. So she was sitting on the front row, um, and I was sitting, I think, on the back row. And she was just fascinated with Jamil that Sunday. And her mom kept going, come here. She kept looking back at her mom. Turned back around wouldn't go. I think this is not good. This is, this is, this is, this is Lene's child. This is not good. She's not, she's not listening to her mom. And uh, I said, and so Lene told me this is about to stop right now. The next Sunday, no exaggeration. Lene called her daughter and she jumped up and ran. Yes, yes ma'am. <laughs> no exaggeration. One week. One week. That was all it took And she was at attention. It is good to see everybody here today. I want to introduce some people from our Tuesday Bible study. Now, some of you already know Michael and Cindy. Now, this is Gerilyn's sister, Cindy. They used to be here years ago. They did not know that Bert and Jonathan were coming today. But Bert and Jonathan, would you please stand so people can, they may have already met you, but they uh, come to our Tuesday Bible study. They said they wanted to come down before going to Columbia. We want to thank you for coming down. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, you are at home. <laughs> um, Bird is retired. He was a pilot and uh, for TWA back uh, years ago. And I told him I used to uh, go back to D.C., on TWA, TW, he said, I might have been your pilot on one of those flights. <laughs> Didn't know it. But we want to thank you for being here. And um, I'm not going to keep you too long. I'm not going to do like Paul keep, you know, would keep you. Paul would keep you all night so that people would be falling out the window, if you know what I mean. And so I'm not going to do that. I, I, I know that you have some place to be by 4 o'clock, so I understand that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anybody left any food on during service time, you got to stay here. I'm not calling no names. I don't think Letitia did. Uh, I said I wasn't calling no names. <laughs> Letitia made, I, I'm, I'm going to get her recipe. She made some of the best smothered potatoes that I've had. So when uh, we were having breakfast downstairs, I told her, t- t- Teacher, bring your face over here so I can slap your face. You go what? I said yeah, those potatoes are so good; they d- you deserve to be slapped. So. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, she did. She know what I'm talking about? Yeah, huh? I said I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm gonna slap you. <laughs> she came a little closer. I would have slapped you right there. <laughs> but though, I you, I came to just to get a few. I think I went. B- I went back two more times. For those potatoes. When y'all came in today, some of y'all still smelled some of the residue of the food from yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, all y'all can do is smell. It ain't none left. (laughs) Today we're going to take a look at a few passages, passages of scripture. Want you to, if you're writing the scriptures down, Isaiah 7 14, Luke. Actually, I'll read Matthew before I do read Luke. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And then we are going to go to Luke, and we will read selected passages there. Chapter 1, verses 26 through 33. And then chapter 2 verses 1 through 7. And as I read them, I will say them again. Would you stand with me, please, as I pray for the Word of God? And Today, Lord, we thank you for your grace, and we just thank you for the birth of our Savior. How incredible huh, to have a child, a Savior, born into the world so that the entire world stops even though many may not even fully recognize it, to worship the king. We stop and we pause to say how much we are thankful and grateful to you for the privilege of honoring your name. Thank you for coming into this world to be born and then to die so that we would have a right to the tree of life. We recognize that in us we didn't have life. Life was given to us by the Lord. And we're thankful today, so we pray that you'll have your way. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Alton, it's indeed good to see you. Alton Hardy, it is good to see you. I'm not going to tell you about some of our encounters in the first parking lot. (laughs) But you are here, man. It's Good to see everybody. Bobby's been missing in action for a while. My, phone, my, my, my finger was just about to push his, the numbers to his home, and Bobby is here. So, Bobby, good to see you. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Matthew chapter 1. Verses 18 through 25. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Mine, again, will read a little bit differently than what's on the board, but you will be able to still follow along. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. And you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, which we just read, Isaiah. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will give him, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. The book of Luke, chapter 1. We're going to read a portion again of what we read last week and then chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Now, right now, Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. Luke 1, 26. In the sixth month... Page is turning, so I'll give you another moment here. Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words. His kingdom will never end. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. As a title, I've given this message, This is the Time of Rejoicing. This is the Time of Rejoicing. The Lord does not keep Joseph from going through the agony of his thinking and coming to the conclusion of what he feels he needs to do. It was after much pondering and planning about the next course of action that the Lord sent his angel to Joseph before he was able to implement his plan. Joseph was planning to quietly divorce Mary. In Matthew, attention is given to Joseph's righteousness. He wanted to protect Mary. As I mentioned last week, the engagement was a binding agreement. and could only be broken by legal means. As I mentioned, there were two, sta- two stages, two steps, when you, look at, when you looked at marriage in, in the Jewish community. There, were, there was the betrothal. Or the engagement followed by the actual marriage. The daughter didn't really have a whole lot to say about who it was that was going to marry her. So, Dernicia, you better be glad your mom has given you permission to marry the person of your choice when that happens. She can't choose your man for you. Well, she can, but you might rebel. <laughs> But but Joseph is described in Matthew as a righteous man and did not want to bring Mary into harm and ridicule. And so he thought privately, how can I do this in the best possible way that it protects Mary? It is possibly at the point of implementation of his plan that Joseph hears or dreams or God appears to him and tells him that Joseph, go along and do what you're planning to do, marry Mary. How would she explain to her father that the Holy Spirit came upon her if Joseph divorces her and he sends her back to her dad and she's beginning to grow and she says, Dad, I didn't have relations with any man, the Holy Spirit. Did this. Now I can see some of y'all children coming to y'all telling you the Holy Spirit. Got you pregnant. And you would say, pardon me? (laughs) How would Mary be able to explain this to her dad, her family? And Joseph is thinking about all the things about this situation, and yet his heart had to be troubled. You also have to imagine that they've had conversations before this because it was in the sixth month that the angel Gabriel came to her and said that your cousin Elizabeth is going to have a child. And then she went to the hill country of Judea. The Bible says that when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby in her leaped for joy and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. After three months, she left Judea and went back home. And you have to imagine that as the angel speaks to her, that and she and Joseph then talk, that Joseph is saying, Ah, he's struggling with this. Okay, Mary, if you say so. So now he's thinking, I've got to divorce her. Isn't it interesting how God allows us to struggle in our minds? He even allows us to begin to planning to implement whatever it is that we were thinking. Even when it came to Abraham about to sacrifice Isaac. He allowed Abraham to go through the agony, taking his son up there. And and Isaac, being a young man, was no little boy as you might think. He could have said, I'm not getting on that altar, Dad. uh uh but he became a sacrifice, and the Lord even allowed Abraham to raise the knife to plunge it through before he intervened and said, Abraham, don't do any harm to the boy. You, you see, it's at the time when the Lord comes, it's at the time when you are just about to carry through with your plans that he often will intercede and says, wait, I've got a better plan. And so it is at the time of Joseph dreaming, when he's about to carry it out, that the angel says, Joseph, go along and go ahead and marry Mary. The first point that we want to consider is the perfect couple selected. Self-preservation is at the core of our being. It is often hard to look past ourselves to the best interest of another person, especially when we stand to be the laughing stock of society. We don't want to be the laughing stock of anybody, and especially not of society and of a world where somebody is saying, I got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. It takes something to be able to go through with what God has said. Now get this carefully. What the Lord told Joseph to do did not change the ridicule that they would still face. We are in the habit sometimes of trying to avoid the ridicule, trying to minimize what people may say, trying to somehow put down how much we will have to go through. The Lord told Joseph, go through with your plans, because the child that is in her is of the Holy Spirit. Joseph had not yet moved to the final step of marrying Mary. But nevertheless, any action to dismiss her must be done through legal channels. Can you imagine today being engaged and then have to give a letter of divorce to your engagement of your fiancé? It was binding. You just just didn't enter into a relationship, you know, haphazardly as some people today. Get to know the person. Now, we have various ways of meeting today. And the Lord has a way of marvelously just working out all the details. He has a way of just orchestrating things and bringing situations together. But it's interesting that the Lord brought this couple together. Together, they were the perfect couple for the task that the Lord had called them to do. There was a fear that Joseph had regarding Mary. Because the angel said, Joseph, don't fear to take Mary as your wife. I had not really seen that before when I was reading this. Wow, the Lord said, don't fear. Well, what was he fearing? The ridicule from Mary? What people would say? Premarital sex could cause you to lose your life? It, it, it was something that was said. It was said that if a man takes a lady that's betrothed and has relations with her and they're in the city, take both of them and stone them. Why? Because she could have screamed, they said, and someone would have heard. But if she's in the in the field, then only the man is to be killed, not her. I think it was the man who would be killed, but they, she couldn't be killed because it was assumed that maybe she screamed but nobody heard. So I'm wondering if Joseph had this in mind, that, you know, could, could, could Mary be killed? I've got to protect her. Joseph still, while he's hurting, he is wanting to protect Mary. So he's thinking, I've got to do it in a way that dignifies her and protects her at the same time. The Bible says that Joseph was a righteous man. And you can see that as how he's thinking about this whole situation to the Lord intervenes. He says, Joseph, go on and marry her. This is of the Holy Spirit. Joseph is reassured that what has happened is from God. God did not need a special machine to tell Joseph that what's in Mary is going to be a boy. It took a long time for us to, to be able to determine before the child was born if it was going to be a boy or a girl. But the Lord already had all this planned type. You know, God is, um, the word is omniscient. He knows everything. Do you understand that everything that is actually developed today, God had already put the material here? Do you realize that all the things that they are finding out now, God had already planned it here because it could not be if God didn't make it. So when they can take a child and see, oh, it's going to be a boy. God told Joseph, you're going to have a son. Mary, rather, is going to have a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he's going to save his people. From their sins. I thought when Mother Cow today read that scripture, oh Lord, she's about to read, preach my sermon. She's reading my scripture. She's reading my scripture. <laughs> as soon as Joseph woke up, the Bible says, and this is great, he did exactly what the Lord said. I was intrigued when I saw that. Here he is at one point trying to think how to undo and to and to... To do this in a way that brings dignity to Mary, and then the Lord says, marry her, and he gets up and he does it. That's an incredible thing. Point number two, and I'm going to be out of here, I'm going to be done in just a moment. Jesus is here. Now, when we read last week about Mary, there are only, there are of the four gospels, two of the gospels give or talk about the birth of Jesus. Matthew and Luke. Mark and John do not. In the synoptic gospel of Matthew, Matthew talks about and gives the birth of Jesus through Joseph. While Luke talks and gives, comes to Mary. But yet they combine and come together to produce a marvelous picture of how God was dealing with both of them because both of them were going to be used by the Almighty. You see, Joseph is Jesus' legal father. It is the Lord, the angel, that said, Mary is going to have a child, not you and Mary. Mary's going to have a child. But when it came to Zechariah, he says, Zechariah, you and your wife Elizabeth are going to have a son. But when it comes to Jesus, Mary's going to have a child, and this child is going to be of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to have anything to do with it, but you're going to raise the child. It is Joseph following through. Then time comes for the child to be born. Now, there has been no birth in history in the history of the world that has garnered more attention, more prestige, more angelic excitement than the birth of Christ. And the incredible thing is that he did it for us. Do you not know that the Lord came to this world to be born and to die for you? Do you understand how significant you are in this plan, the plan of redemption that God from the beginning of time planned you in. So for a person to deny and reject Christ it leaves no alternative but to endure the everlasting consequences of hell. Because God did his best Gave his best. He he gave himself so that we would not have to go through the consequences of the sins that we committed. And so to reject the Lord, one has to do a whole lot. A whole lot to move God out of the way. Jesus is here. One's lack of understanding or dismissal about the birth of Christ will never diminish nor take away the greatest birth ever recorded in history. While Joseph and Mary are in Bethlehem, the Bible says the time came for Jesus to be born. It, it was at a time when Quirinius was governor. And there's been a lot of history and speculation that it couldn't be Quirinius because there's no history. They gave all the dates and time. But it is believed that he served at least two terms. When we consider the fact that God took pagan kings, pagan leaders and rulers, and moved upon their heart that a census should be taken, that Joseph belonging to the line of David, where the Lord said in the Old Testament that David would have a ruler on his throne forever. And that was always pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. David's going to have a son on the throne forever. And the Lord moved leaders and called for them to have a census taken. And so everyone had to go to their home. And the Bible mentions that Joseph, being from the line of David, went to Nazareth, went to Bethlehem to register. What was the purpose of the registry? It was not for the men to be counted for war because the Jewish people did not serve in the Roman in the Roman army it was for the purpose of taxes they they had to take account how many people it was for the purpose of paying taxes why at this time because it's the Lord that's moving through time so that Christ is born at the place where he needed to be born it made no difference that Herod that Herod the great was going to try to kill him The Lord had already provided the means of providing protection. Do you not know that every ruler, every emperor, every king has come and gone, but only Christ still remains on the scene today? His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, never ever to fade. I am convinced that many blessings are missed because of at least two things. One is not obeying God. And two, not being in the right place at the right time. Two reasons that I came up with that, 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 that why many people miss their blessings. Disobedience and then not being in the right place at the right time. Joseph could have said, I ain't going there. He would have missed his blessings. You see, God's plan is going to be unfolded and done, whether it's through you or through another. Don't you want to be in God's plan and His provisions that when He's doing something, that that it's not like, where's such and such? I had this blessing for them. Where are they? Your blessing is tied to your obedience. Joseph's obedience, my goodness. And Mary's obedience and sacrifice brought about the greatest birth ever known to mankind. It was, while they were in, it, was, it was while they were in Bethlehem that the time came for the child to be born. Now it makes no difference that egotistical Caesar Augustus is ruling. God takes those who are not serving him and move them in such a way that His perfect will is always done. The Lord had promised hundreds of years ago, as I said, that David would have a son from his line that would reign, and that would be the ruler, and that would have a kingdom that would never perish. Isaiah, 700 years before, gave a prophecy that a son, his name, Emmanuel, God with us, Will be born. And and Matthew took this passage from the Old Testament and related it to Jesus. When we think about what the Lord does, it is incredible to see the connection and the connectedness between the Old and the New. The long-awaited Messiah prophesied about, even back in Genesis, is now on the scene. It is while this couple is being obedient to God's direction that the Savior of the world is born. The King of Kings was born in a stable, in a manger, which was an animal's feeding trough. A manger, dirt, feces. That's where he's born. Think about it. He came from glory. He had everything. And yet his first entry into the world, the incarnation meaning actually in the flesh, is in a stable. The king of glory born in a stable. In a feeding trough he's laid a manger. People got these nice little basket nets, all these nice brand new covers from Kmart and Walmart. Line Jesus' basket with a glowing light everybody around, clean, I don't think so, dirty, dark, damp, smelly, that's where he was born, our Savior, Christmas has been hijacked, just like marriage and everything else, that God has put a seal of approval on, it was God's seal of approval on this child, Jesus, That caused heaven to rejoice. The culmination of all the Old Testament was pointing to and waiting for this time when Jesus would be born. Without the birth of Jesus, there can be no salvation for anyone. Why rejoice? Because our Redeemer has come. Stand to your feet. Our Redeemer lives, when we think about the Christ and what he's done. I hope this Christmas that you will think about how good he's been and that you will find in your heart a way to be kind to somebody that I mentioned to the group on Wednesday. Find somebody that you know can't pay you back and do something for them. Rather than, which are you going to get me? <laughs> Find somebody you, you know can't give back to you. And bless them, however God says for you to do it. Lord, we thank you today for the privilege of your word. And as we de- depart this place today, we pray that you will keep us and help us to remember that it's really about the Savior being born. Christmas, the Savior being born. We thank you that you are willing to come. We can't say we deserved it or deserved it, but you did it, and we're thankful. And we pray that you will keep us. Bert and Janice, Lord, go to Columbia. Protect them. Keep them over these next few weeks. May they have an enjoyable time in the Lord. Bless them. Guide them. Direct them. May they come back, Lord. A song of praise. As we, Lord, leave this place today, bless everyone here. As we, Lord, celebrate the birth of Christ as the world... Ah, turns, and even though many may not fully understand what Christmas is all about, may they have a new understanding this year. Do a work today. We love you. We glory in and magnify the name of Jesus. Merry Christmas, and may the Lord bless you. God bless. See you next time.